This podcast is brought to you by the World Apostolate of Fatima, USA, a public association of the faithful devoted to spreading the authentic message of Fatima. Here now is Fatima Presents. Well, welcome, Father Calloway. Um, I, w- I want to introduce you to our listening audience. Father Calloway, as many of you know, is the author of Consecration to St. Joseph, and that has just gone around the church like wildfire. And we're so pleased to hear that yesterday, on December 8th, the church declared a year of St. Joseph. As you know, Father, the World Apostle of Fatima, USA, declared a year of St. Joseph just a few weeks earlier. And so we're pleased to be part of this. We're thankful for your efforts and letters requesting this. Um, It's a most welcome message for all of us in the church and in our society because we feel so beaten down by coronavirus fatigue. And so I wanted to talk with you a little bit and have you share your thoughts as we approach a year of St. Joseph and how consecrating ourselves to him can help us as individuals and as a church, the whole church as as a whole. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I'm so excited. I'm so happy about this. And I think that the fruit uh, of of this year of St. Joseph for the whole church is just going to be off the charts. I think, you know, it's amazing that, you know, St. Joseph was a carpenter. And right now, we need uh, someone with those skills spiritually to rebuild things, to rebuild the structures that have fallen down or are really hanging by a thread. Uh, whether that's the family, because the family is under attack. Um, the church, as we know, will never be overcome. Our, our Lord gave us that promise. But nonetheless, there's a lot of problems today in the church as well, a lot of division, a lot of confusion. St. Joseph is going to help us in, in ways, I think, that are going to be tremendous. And um, yes, I, I just think that right now, calling upon St. Joseph to help us increase in virtue and in wisdom you know, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, it says that Jesus, you know, who is God, it says that he lived under the care of Mary and Joseph, and he was obedient to them, and he increased in wisdom and stature before God and man. Well, we know he didn't increase in his divinity, of course, he's God. But in his human nature, he grew up from a little baby into a little boy and into his manhood, and all of that happened under the care of his parents. And so, that is crucial because today, you know, um, we need a good father like St. Joseph to help us increase um, as well, because uh, we need to get back to the basics, the, the 101 things of our faith, of even things, you know, marriage, you know, today people have sought to redefine marriage. Uh, we've got uh, gender ideology today. People are confused about these things. And St. Joseph, I think, is going to rebuild those foundations and help us to increase in virtue and get closer to Jesus. I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, it's very providential, I believe. And I know that you, I, when did you, you release the book earlier this year? Was it in early 2020 or was it late? Yeah, it, it came out on January 1st, uh, 2020. Yeah. And I know you struggled with getting this done. So does it feel a little bit providential? To you? <laughs> oh, my friend, I tell you, I, I did struggle because there were forces at work that were really trying to prevent it and trying to mess it up. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm no prophet or anything, but I knew that this was of the Holy Spirit. I was 100% convinced. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I went through a lot, but uh, God be praised because the suffering has borne fruit. 
and it's going to continue to bear fruit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is in charge here, so that's that's what we need to know. Yeah. Well, I want to delve into a little bit about why why we declared a year of St. Joseph, and you kind of touched on some of the issues that we're, we want to address this year as well, but you know, as an organization, we are devoted to spreading the message of Fatima, and we feel this message is also very much needed in our world today. And so we declared a year of St. Joseph specifically to address the issue of rebuilding our family, starting with the Father, to rebuilding a united church, which is very divided along varying degrees of belief, especially with regard to the Eucharist, which is so prominent in the Fatima message, and then also to aid us in spreading this message at a time when the world really needs it. And so I want to start with the issue of families. Most people are aware of Sister Lucia's letter to Cardinal Carlo Caffaro back in the early 1980s when she stated the final battle between the Lord and the reign of Satan will be about marriage and the family. And this prophecy is kind of a wake-up call for all of us, even those of us who are in long-term marriages that, you know, as we look back over the many decades in which we have allowed society to you know denigrate the family and we've slowly accepted and approved the very things that are contributing to its destruction and you mentioned several of them you know the um you know the gender ideology and homosexual marriage and many other things that are are not part of god's plan for marriage and family well, we know the Blessed Mother is on the front lines of this battle, but how can St. Joseph help us and how should we respond to him and to his role, what he has, how he, the examples he puts forth for us? Yes, well, I think that this is really something important that um, has, it hasn't been forgotten, of course, and you good people are striving to highlight it, which I think is so wonderful. I love what you guys do. And I think St. Joseph's place in the Fatima apparitions I think has often been overlooked because, as you know, um, at that last apparition on October 13th, the, the famous one, the sun was gyrating and people thought that it was going to collide with the earth and Our Lady identified herself as uh, the Lady of the Rosary. It was at that apparition that all three children uh, testified that they saw St. Joseph holding the Christ child and simultaneously father and son, so St. Joseph and, and Jesus, um, blessed the world. Now, that is huge, because can we really say that we will ever experience the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary if we don't have families right and rightly ordered? How could her heart possibly be joyful uh, and rejoicing in her children while more than half of all marriages today end in divorce? So until we bring in St. Joseph into the picture, that's why I believe firmly uh, that now is the time of St. Joseph, um, are we going to experience the, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart? Because this is a family thing, you could, you could say. The Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And until, you know, families replicate that um, in their own way and in, in their families with giving each person their, their role. So fathers, meaning to be heads of families. Now, not in some archaic you know, uh, caveman sense. We certainly don't mean that. That's never been the intention of what that title means. But just like St. Joseph was the head of the Holy Family, and his son, you know, was God, was Jesus. And when we say son, of course, we're not, we know he's not biological father of Jesus, but nonetheless, in that moral affectionate sense, he was his father. And Our Lady, you know, being the mother, the heart of the home, 
Uh, every body needs a head and a heart. Both are of equal importance. And I think that today, we're gonna see a flourishing of that kind of forgotten aspect of the Fatima apparitions, which is St. Joseph. Now that we have this year of St. Joseph, which, which you did there uh, at the World Apostle of Fatima, I think it's fantastic. Now we have the Pope declaring it for the Universal Church. My friend, I think that great victories for the family are on the horizon because we're gonna bring in St. Joseph. We're gonna close the gap uh, that's been lacking in this time of crisis uh, with the tax on the family. By bringing in St. Joseph, oh wow, we're gonna <laughs> see tremendous things. Well, and Father, it, it, it sometimes feels overwhelming the task ahead of us to restore family because there's so many forces opposing, just like you said, not even being able to accept the, you know, the title of head of household. There's just so many layers and layers of mm. um, rhetoric and teaching that has, has many people have accepted. And that's why I say we as a Catholic family have also slowly accepted and approved these things that have diminished the paternal role of the father in the family and the maternal role of the mother we there's it just feels like a insurmountable mountain but there's yeah. such great hope in this saint joseph coming forward and being part of this and can you speak to how we can you know we we are really supposed to just accept our role as saint joseph did and do what the what god mm -hmm. wants us to do and he does the, the big heavy lifting he's the one who lifts up the mountains and throws them into the oceans. Can you speak to how we should have some hope and to not make this about, look what I have to do to overcome society, but what do I have to do to imitate St. Joseph and stepping into the, the role that God gave me and just doing my part? Right, so, you know, because Mary and Joseph are our spiritual parents, well, all children are called uh, to to resemble their parents. So, you know, I look like my mom and my dad, just like you do, uh, you know. Now, Mary and Joseph are not our biological parents, but nonetheless, we are called to resemble them in virtues, in the way that we act, the way that we speak, and all of those things. So I think this year of Joseph, if we have, and it's going to happen, dioceses, uh, parishes, great organizations like yours doing conferences, events, talks, programs, we're going to get a lot of people on board and i you know we all have human nature none of us comes from some different planet and some different entity we all share this common nature that within us though we can try and deny it and we can try and create some androgynous culture we all are instinctively drawn like a magnet to the truth so when we start to hear this in 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 in, in this year of saint joseph about families the role of men fathers husbands the role of women mothers um we're, it's, things are going to click i think the holy spirit's going to do a lot of good a lot of um repairing marriages healing of marriages a lot of uh blessing of of men to get away from such things as like pornography which is a plague in our day much more dangerous than the coronavirus because it's a plague of the soul um we can see some major, major turnaround and, and shoring things up where they've fallen down. Um, but it is going to take, you're right, uh, a lot of challenges, but it's going to take a joint effort. And now that we've got the year of St. Joseph, I think every diocese is going to be coming up with programs to um, do these kind of things. And I, I also believe that St. Joseph has a role to play in our church. He's been declared the patron of the Universal Church. There's a lot of 
need to rebuild the church. And, and you talk about St. Joseph being the protector of the body of Christ. I mean, he protected the Savior. He was the one that defended and protected. And I look at the church now as needing to be a unified body of Christ. And so St. Joseph's role in that regard will be also helpful for us, especially like we say when so many people don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist and the body of Christ is divided by many different beliefs and varying degrees of believing things. How does St. Joseph fit in even with the church now? Yeah, well, that's, you're, you're right. You know, he, he protected um, our Lord's body when he walked this planet 2,000 years ago as, as our Lord grew from a little baby to a little boy into his manhood. And um, there's my, my computer going off again. So many messages coming in with so much excitement. Um, he protected our Lord from Herod, right, who wanted to kill him. Um, but in a certain sense, Joseph was like the Joseph of the Old Testament, if you remember, sold into slavery by his brothers. He ends up being put in charge of all the granaries in Egypt, which means he was in, placed in charge of the bread. Well, our Joseph also, you could say, was entrusted with the, the bread tr come down from heaven, the true bread, Jesus. So isn't it interesting, my friend, that just at the end of last year, a survey was taken among Catholics, and tragically, horrifically, we, we found out that 69% of Catholics do not believe in the real presence of our Lord in, in the Eucharist. This is a, this is a, a scandal. This is horrible. Well, now we have St. Joseph, the, the keeper of the bread, the one who, 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 who protected our Lord's body, uh, blood, soul, and divinity, a year of St. Joseph. I think that we're going to also experience a great renewal of love and adoration uh, of our Eucharistic Lord, because that's what St. Joseph does. Um, and that's what Our Lady does, of course, even more so, because the, our Lord came into the world through her holy womb. I think that we're going to experience, St. Joseph is going to lead us to a greater love and appreciation for our Eucharistic Lord. You just watch. It's going to happen. Well, I think your book does a great job of defining all the many roles that he had and how he just stepped into them. He, he didn't shy away from them. and We all have many roles to play. I, one, of the, one of the things in your book that it struck me, because it's so close to the Fatima message, is there's a chapter where you shared deep, about his deep sufferings. Uh, regard related to Mary and Jesus, even before Jesus was born. And one of his greatest sufferings was that he would not be there with Mary when, as Simeon prophesied, the sword would pierce her heart and cause her agony at the foot of the cross. So Joseph spent many, many times or many years on earth preparing her for that, but he was sad that he wasn't going to be there with her. Uh, many people are learning about the seven sorrows and joys of Joseph, which parallel in many ways the seven sorrows of Mary and are related to the joyful mysteries of the rosary. But you called Joseph the greatest consoler of the heart of Mary, which really struck us here in the Fatima organization because it's a wonderful thing to ponder when we're doing our first Saturday devotions that we're doing those devotions to console the heart of Mary. And this is what St. Joseph did while he was on earth. So can you explain for our Fatima audience this role of St. Joseph and how we might incorporate him into our first Saturday meditations? Yes, it's a profound um, idea to, to think about because, you know, every good man and, and, and good husband, well, he would want to offer every consolation and, and love that he can to his beloved wife. If, if she is um, undergoing any kind of sorrow 
if he can tell in any way that there is something troubling to her, well, he's going to do everything he can within his power to be a source of comfort, to be a consolation to his wife. Well, there's never been a greater couple um, than uh, the Blessed Virgin and the great St. Joseph. And so when St. Joseph was present in the temple, when Simeon said those words to his wife, uh, to St. Joseph's wife, St. Joseph heard them. You know, he didn't step out for a, for a restroom break at that time. He was right there, present, next to his wife. And he knew that because those words were only addressed to Mary, St. Joseph had the insight to know that he wasn't going to be there when this sword pierced her, uh, when his son was, you know, this cause of division. Uh, he didn't know what it would be like or how it would take place. But hearing that, as the most loving of all husbands and fathers, he would have, from that moment forward, been such a source of consolation to his beautiful, lovely bride. He would have sought to um, offer her every comfort, to always be present, to pour himself out uh, for her. And in many ways, because he himself, you know, um, would have had such insights into the, 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 the interior life, knowing that he wouldn't be there in the future for whenever this moment would happen, he um, prepared them for Calvary. Without St. Joseph, Mary and Jesus would not have made it to Calvary. They needed his, his role to help them get there, although he himself would not be there. So he was a consolation to Our Lady, his wife, and to our Lord, uh, his, 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 you know, what we say, foster son. So Oh, this is an untapped treasure for the church that I'm so glad that uh, you're going to be focusing on this aspect of St. Joseph, the greatest consoler of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Yes, and I, I really, when you, when you bring in St. Joseph into your meditations and think about where he was at during the joyful mysteries, it's, it's really comforting. I, I, one of the things I struggled with, um, you know, looking at that Jesus being lost in the temple and thinking, what, what's going on here? What is the deeper meaning here? And I know that um, there's, there's great more things to ponder, but one of the things I started thinking about was how Joseph would have addressed Jesus after they found him and maybe would have explained to him in a gentle, loving way that I'm the one who's supposed to protect you. And so you <laughs> don't go running off and, and, and we, I can't lose you because I'm, I'm responsible for you and your father in heaven gave me that role. I think about a, maybe a cute little exchange between, between them where he might have had to um, explain to Jesus why he was concerned about him being lost. There's many ways we can bring Joseph into these meditations and think about how he responded as a father, as a guardian, as a protector, as the one who took his role seriously as the father figure on earth. So I find that there's going to be a lot of ways that we can bring St. Joseph into our first Saturday devotions and into our Fatima message and into our lives. Mm -hmm. so, oh, you're right. Absolutely. And so I truly want to encourage our listening audience to get the book Consecration of St. Joseph. You can get it pretty much anywhere. Uh, Shop Mercy and also BlueArmy.com. We'd like to direct you also to our um, gift shop. But there's just, it, it will give you a greater understanding of Joseph and the many titles that he he is um, regaled with under the litany of St. Joseph, and your book kind of takes you through all of those titles and gives you a thorough understanding of Joseph to the point where you'll understand why he is, should be a part of your life and your marriage and your family. 
And so I, given all those titles that you mentioned, is there any favorite ones that you, that particularly inspire you? Yeah, there is. Um, uh, several of them are, I love that he's called the pillar of families. I think that's such a powerful image because a pillar is a foundation. And if you don't have that, well, things collapse. Well, St. Joseph is the pillar. He upholds things. I love that. Uh, we need that more today in, in families and, and to men to be doing their part to hold things up. And I also love, and it's actually my favorite title, he's called The Terror of Demons. Mm -hmm. um, that's, to me, the money title. I mean, that's like, wow, bring on the big guns on the battlefield, you know, um, because he is such an intercessor for us that the devil is terrified of that. Just like the devil is, is, is terrified when Our Lady asks Jesus for something, because consider it done. You know, when, when Mary simply says they have no wine, well, boom, you got lots of wine. Yeah. Well, when St. Joseph goes to Jesus, Jesus hears that petition coming from his father. And so it's a paternal petition. And so it has power and the devil knows that. And he's absolutely terrified of it because he knows things are going to happen when, when Joseph goes to Jesus. So I love that title. I actually had commissioned artwork done on it um, that tries to show that, that power of St. Joseph in that, in that title, Terror of Demons. Mm -hmm. Well, Father, I want to thank you for joining us. I know you're very busy. And um, I just want to mention to everybody that Father will be our presenter for our February first Saturday presentation. And he's also going to be a speaker for our conference on May 1st. So we appreciate your participating with us this year in our year of St. Joseph. And we really will pray for the success of this initiative that started with this book and with your prayers and that our church is going to greatly benefit from this. Thank you, my friend. Well, God bless you and God bless uh, all the good work that you're doing. It's very much needed. All right. Thank you, Father.